This episode of Homeschooling in Real Life is brought to you by Caroline's Coffee, fresh roasted coffee from the gold country of California. Hey, hurlers, we know you're going to love tonight's episode, and we hope you're enjoying the second season of Homeschooling in Real Life. We have really tried to come out of the gate swinging with some good shows. Now, you know over the years, we have asked for sponsors and advertisers to help support our show, but we want to do something a little different this year. We're coming right at you, the listener, and we're asking you to partner with us and become a patron of our show. You can do that by going to patreon.com slash homeschooling IRL. We know a lot of you have loved what we've put together. We know you've enjoyed a lot of the shows and a lot of you have found freedom in the gospel and have actually learned not to hope shift in your homeschooling. And several of you have asked, How can we support you? How can we sponsor you? Well, this is the opportunity. You can become a monthly sponsor, a monthly patron, just like patrons of old, those that supported Mozart and those that supported Beethoven and those that supported Da Vinci, allowing them to do great art. Uh, You can help us produce great podcasts by sponsoring us as a patron. So again, it's patreon.com slash homeschooling IRL. We would love to partner with you and we would love to create content uh, that has the fingerprints of our listeners all over it. Thanks so much. This is Homeschooling in Real Life. Welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. Join your hosts as they dive into difficult topics that you might not find covered at your local homeschooling convention. Veteran homeschooling parents Andy and Kendra Fletcher use humor, honesty, and grace to discuss just what it looks like to homeschool in real life. Hey, this is Fletch. And this is Kendra. We want to welcome you to episode 92 of the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. How are you doing over there, Kendra? Doing fine. How are you? Good. This topic is moms and teen boys. Are you ready? I'm ready because a- we've had a lot of discussion about yeah, this one. Yeah, I kind of feel like you're going to be on the hot seat for this one. Uh, okay. Because, so. in fact, I've been a mom of teen boys. <laughs> yeah, three well, times. hey, it's a great weekend here in the Fletcher House. I'm enjoying some Caroline's coffee. Of course you are. I'm drinking Ethiopian Yerka Chafe. It's which, what I used in the uh, commercial when I opened up the box. I love this coffee. Okay. It smells so good. Excellent. So we've had quite a discussion over on our Facebook page. And if you're not a listener who's been there, it's facebook.com. Slash homeschooling IRL. So you asked a question this week, which was, when was the last yeah, time? I didn't think this was like a big controversial question or no. it wasn't like, what are you having for dinner? Which often gets a lot of response, but it was just, hey, when was the last time you got away alone with your spouse without kids? Oh my goodness, people. <laughs> the floodgates open. There are problems with our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> you, you people need to get away a lot more. Yeah, so you're joking, but the reality is when somebody says, the, the last time I got away with my husband without kids was when I gave birth. Yeah, there, like a couple of people said in labor. That's that doesn't problem. count. No. <laughs> and if you wrote that, I'm sorry that that was the last time, but 
you, I mean, I know there's resources and there's costs, but mm-hmm. really just getting away for a night, guys. Yeah. If mean, it's every 10 years, because it's a really tough, tight budget, then still that's, that's got to be a priority. Oh my goodness. And I, re- I realized when I read it that we get away a lot. We have mm-hmm. nothing to complain about. So, um, also over on facebook.com, maybe you got to see our new swag. We printed out new coffee mugs. And uh, they were pretty cool. So They're very cute. They are yes. for our Patreon uh, sponsors. If you're interested in what I'm talking about, again, you have to go to pay, uh, go to Facebook because that's where the picture of the mug is. Kendra is smiling with her mug and uh, showing it off to the uh, <laughs> the audiences. But they're pretty cool. They say, don't be a homeschool whack job. And listen, we're on them. <laughs> listen to Fletch and Kendra on homeschooling yeah. in real life. Speaking of whack jobs, Fletch, yeah, the homeschool, of the homeschool ilk. That's my favorite. Yeah. So um, I was having breakfast with our oldest son yesterday morning, little Saturday brunch together. And um, we were at a hip little restaurant in our downtown. And uh, a friend of his is a waiter there. And we were talking about homeschooling. I don't even remember what we were saying. And our son Hayden said, hey, John, you were homeschooled for the homeschoolers. And John turned to him and said, uh, I was only homeschooled a year. I try to disassociate myself from all that. Ooh. Yeah. (laughs) And I thought, whoa, like that's that's a thing. And I'm seeing it and hearing it increasingly in homeschool grads um, of this, of our son's generation. So 20-ish. Yeah. Distancing themselves Mm -hmm. from being a homeschooler. Oh, yeah. They don't want to say it. They don't want to admit it. And then our son has told us regularly that when people find out he was homeschooled, their response is either, no way, you don't, you're not like a homeschooler. So again, there's something there that people are saying, communicating. Yeah. And again, I think that's what makes me want to use the term homeschool. Don't be a homeschool whack job. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a crazy aspect of homeschooling where you stand out in a bad way. Yeah. I mean, and and I'm not saying like people say, oh, they're nerds. You know what? <laughs> I grew up with plenty of nerds in public school. Exactly. So it's not that That's we're talking, what we're talking about. about. No. Yeah. I think Christians will always stand out differently because we make different choices, right? right. I mean, like that that's a given and we are to be like Christ and then the world is not like Christ. But when people are saying it like that, you know, like, oh, I don't I, I try to distance myself from that. Or you don't seem like a typical homeschooler. I would never have guessed you were homeschooled. What are they saying? I don't know. I think it's part of that. Again, there was a, a movement a couple years ago where they wanted you wanted to live separately, but for wrong reasons. Yeah, right. Like you really just wanted to live separately, and it's different than what living separate for Christ is going to look like. Yeah, you were looking living separate because you were a homeschooler. Like it was a, a it was bit prideful. of a pride, like yeah, a prideful yeah, flag. Exactly. Like then, we're so different, and so and but our difference should be in our humility and our service to other people. I think Fletch. Yeah. So again, that's weird, you know. <laughs> so when we're using homeschool whack job, we're just we are kind of poking fun and having fun with the term, but there's some truth behind it, and that's hopefully what we're communicating here. So go get one of our mugs by becoming a uh, sponsor at Patreon. So, Kenj, you got back last weekend. You went to the Refresh Retreat. Anything there? Hey, I want you guys to know this was a really great retreat. And I'm not saying that because I'm paid to. Um, I was uh, I was asked to come and speak at it and loved it. It was beautiful. It was at Ross Bridge, which is a golf resort in Birmingham, Alabama. And it was just a lovely venue. It was run by super relaxed gals. And so it felt relaxed. It felt fun. Um, but, man, I connected with a lot of moms that weekend. Um and a lot of special needs moms. That was an interesting thing to me, Fletch. One night we were standing in line at dinner and somehow this, you know, it was like a bunch of special needs moms in there. 
And guess what was said? I just don't go to church. Oh, funny. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the the situation with their child or the lack of support at church or the knowledge that they have been told that they're disrupting the service or whatever it is, like they feel defeated and they're just going to stay home with their special needs child. Yeah. And that needs to change. That needs to change. And in the homeschooling world, um, we have some good news for you. Those of you that homeschool with uh, special needs. Yeah. We have a brand new podcast on our network, not us. But our network has a brand new podcast coming out that's all about special needs. Yeah, I was speaking with Felice Gerwitz. She's the producer of the network, and she told me there was a brand new special needs homeschooling podcast coming out. I don't know who's doing it, actually. I didn't get that far in the discussion. Um, But I'm I'm actually jazzed that it's just going to be a topic. And uh, so, you know, there's a lot of people that um, homeschool with special needs because they have special needs. Right. Kids they've chosen to homeschool. Right. And I always think anytime you have a place where people can gather and say, yeah, me too. Yeah. Oh, I get it. Yes. Um, I think that's a good thing. I know that in our world, when we meet people who have special needs kids, we can say, hey, we're right there with you. Got it. We, you know, I'm, we're fighting with you. Sister, brother. Yeah, just that conversation in line. You know, one mom admitted that she doesn't go to church, and it was like all the dominoes fell. Yeah. <laughs> you know, every one of them said, oh, that's been, I haven't gone to church in three years. Yeah. Or, oh, I can't ever go to church unless my mom stays home with the kids, or, you know, yeah. whatever. And yeah, it's just that feeling of, I'm not alone in this. Somebody else gets me. Awesome. Hey, hopefully that was enough for the Team Fluff, hashtag Team Fluff. Um, we had just. Wanted to start off with some cool news, and that's some cool news. That's a lot of good stuff this time. Now, we're talking on this episode about teen boys and moms. And uh, before we get there, we need to have a quick shout-out to Caroline's Coffee. So let's do that, and then we will be right back. All right, hurlers, I want you to join me during my favorite time of little ritual I have. Uh, I have in front of me my Caroline's Coffee order. It came shipped uh, nicely packaged from UPS uh, in this cardboard box. So I'm going to tear into it a little bit here and open it up. And oh yeah, the overwhelming smell of coffee. Um, As soon as it's delivered, uh, the staff at my office knows I'm getting coffee because it smells so good uh, right in the box itself. And here, opening it up, yep, there's a little note. It says, enjoy your Caroline's Coffee shipment. It's packed with love by Emmett. And here underneath the straw, yeah, a pound of natural Ethiopian Yerga Chafe Cochere. Oh, I love this coffee. I knew it was coming because I'm on the mailing list for Caroline's Coffee. And they announced this week uh, what bean they were grinding and sending and uh, told me all about it. I mean, I know it's berry flavored. I know it's a light to medium roast. I know it's loaded with caffeine. Uh, for those of us that like to get a kick from our coffee as well. Um, and here's the deal. If you haven't tried it, you have to. This, I mean, this smells delicious. I can barely uh, record this right now. Um, you need to head on over to carolinescoffee.com. Whatever you bike from the shop, if you use our code HIRL, that will get you 10% off your order at checkout. Um, so while you're doing that, I am going to go tear into this bag and grind up these beans and make a pot of coffee. Don't forget, carolinescoffee.com. Use the code HIRL and tell them that Fletch and Kendra sent you. This is a song for my sons for when they understand it. You know how life is 
All right, we are back at it. Kendra, teen boys and moms. This is great. Um, really quickly, how many boys do you have? We have five sons total. Our oldest three are 23, 21, and 18. So I have, in fact, been the mom of three teen boys. So you've done this. Yeah, done You're not it. an expert, but you've done this. Yeah, come through on the other side with two of them yeah. <laughs> intact. Yeah, two more coming out, and one of them, like we said earlier, is special needs. So, yeah. so that's going to be a whole new set of dominoes <laughs> to play the game with. Yeah. Um, why do we have to have this discussion? Why is this a topic on, on real? Why is this a real-life discussion? Yeah, well, I don't know. I think uh, it, a lot of our friends, we're just a few years older than than our friends that we hang out with. And so we have kid, we, we had our kids young, or we started young, and so we, we're the ones that have yeah, we're kids young right now, four or five. So years older than, yeah, four or five years older than some of our friends, you know, or maybe even 10 years older than some of our friends' oldest child. And so um, lately, I feel like in the last six months to a year, I've had quite a few of those friends or moms ask me questions about teen boys. And then it happened again when I was in Birmingham, sat next to a woman at dinner who said, oh, let me ask you a question. I've got a 12-year-old boy. Um, and so this just keeps coming up and I feel like I've developed sort of a philosophy almost or, wow. you know, something. Yeah, I know it sounds so important. You know what not. happens when you develop a philosophy? Uh-oh. People ask you to speak on it or uh, write on it. Uh, <clears throat> dun, dun, dun. I don't know about that. But anyhow, um, <laughs> yeah, don't ask me anything about teen girls yet because I'm not through on the other side of that one. But there were two main things, Fletch, that have come up that I, I thought we needed to touch on that might strike a chord with other moms who are just going through these teen boy years. So when we're talking teen boys, we're looking at young men coming, you know, like right now we have a nine-year-old, okay? His life is Legos, inventions, creativity, Uh but he's still very um, easy to assign work to. Right. Like here's your tasks, Mm -hmm. get these done. Yeah. Here's your chores, get these done. And he's not perfect. I'm not saying he's the best boy in the world, but I'm saying he does it. Like, this is what you need to do. Yeah, he clearly understands my authority for sure. Right. And, and you know, you're pretty much doing all the school authority. And when I assign him chores, he's doing chores. Um, but something happens in a mm-hmm. couple of years here. And we've mm-hmm. seen it happen a few times. Yeah. And just as they start knocking on the door of teenage years, right around 12, what happens? Well, as homeschooling moms, right around 12, what I have seen in all three of our boys and then have heard other moms talk about is they get completely unmotivated. Okay. Like some sort of a switch goes on and they could not care less about academics or working hard or completing a task. If video games are a thing in your home, that is what they'll do for hours on end if you let them. So how did this play out like with our first three? Like what did you see? Like what were your eyeballs seeing? Yeah. Well, what I saw was, again, like dragging feet. Um, I think if I, if I remember correctly, and you can remind me because it's been about 10 years with our firstborn, but... I I think what we saw initially was um, the pretending to do work. Oh, that was classic. Yes. You got it all so, done. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, all... Yeah. yeah, yeah, school's done, school's done. And of course, he's our first, and there were seven behind him at that point. And so I was completely distracted and overworked and Yeah, <laughs> school, it's amazing how it could get done by 9 a.m. Like, we just finished <laughs> breakfast, but I'm done. No, you wouldn't yeah. say that, but you'd ask him at the end of the day, you know, like, hey, hey, bud, did you get your stuff done? Yep, yep, yep. And then when you went to to find out, you know, one of us said, hey, bring your math book to me or hey, bring this to me. Oh, there was like a hesitancy. And then when they 
brought right. it mm-hmm. maybe an hour later or whatever. You could tell nothing had been done for right. weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's how that played out with him. I think with the second one specifically, it played out in that he, well, he did a little bit of that, but it also played out in the fact that he had absolutely no life goals, none, no goals, yep. <laughs> no, no short-term goals, no long-term goals. And then with the third, I asked him, what do you want to do? And he said, mom, I'm only 13. I don't have to think about that right now. Yeah. <laughs> so but there was plays just this out, like, though. Yeah. I don't yeah. care. I don't know. Don't put pressure on me. I don't, you know, and very content to sleep in, get breakfast, go back to bed. Disappear. Disappear, Disappear is the key for me. Yeah. They were, they were often not to be found or we'd start a project. <laughs> and then they'd disappear to use the restroom, oh, get a glass yeah. of water, and they'd be gone off the project. So the real life part, uh, for our listeners who are listening and they're going, why are you guys talking about this? You're just rehashing your family? No, I have a feeling that if if you know what we're talking about, and maybe not every boy is this way, I guess you can get those uber self-motivated kids that come through these years perfect. We're talking right about junior high. Mm-hmm. These boys suddenly lose their motivation. And... They can really lose some academic motivation. They can. And and what I've learned in this is to let them. I know that sounds completely contrary to everything we believe in as academic homeschoolers, but I learned to just hone in on what were the most important things. So yes, you still have to finish your math because we've got to keep on task with that through high, our high school years. Yes, you need to continue working on your writing or whatever, but the things that weren't important or imperative or core subjects, I was willing to allow those to just sort of flitter and flutter and not be the thing that was going to, the hill to die on, right? So then what we see happen in all three of those boys is at some point, depended on the boy, I would say our oldest was more like 14, 15. Um, The second born, it was around 16. And then the third born, it wasn't until he was uh, almost graduated high school at 17. The light bulb came on. They realized what they were interested in wanting to do, and then they took off. They just yeah. took off. Boom. Then it was like, Raw oh, meat. Yeah. yeah, now, oh, I want to do this. Okay, in order yeah. to do that, I need to do that, that, and that. Got it. I'm yeah. on it. Yeah, and right. And then they were self-motivated, and they just went flying toward right. those things. And you might even find, even in those 12 to 17 years, there are those things that they pick up on and want to do in those years you bet. that are non-academic. You right. know, even right now, we see a little bit of this invention that Christian wants to go out to his men's space. We call it the men's space here. And he goes out and likes to drill and saw and hammer and nail. And I don't know what he's building. I mean, there's just like ridiculous (laughs) things. They make absolutely no sense whatsoever. But he's building some stuff and I'm all behind it because that's what has his his mind right now. Yeah. Or for the second born, it was lifeguarding. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was, that turned out to be such and a boon and guitar. Right. And in fact, guitar is what kept him homeschooling. Yeah. You know, he had the option to go to the hybrid school. And at the last minute he said to us, no, I want to be homeschooled because I want the freedom and the time to practice my guitar at home. So those were things that lit a fire under him. And I think that is an important component to this is that you've got to figure out for that kiddo, what is it that lights a fire under him? All right, so before we go to break, um, Kendra, we have some good friends that talk about this a lot, and it's Hal and Melanie Young from Making Biblical Family Life Practical. They're a podcast on this network. We do a lot back and forth. We really want our listeners to know about them and know about their podcast, but don't they talk about this specifically? They do, and actually, if you go to their website, which is raisingrealmen.com, they have a boot camp 
for for boys who are in this age group, which is funny because you think, oh, I'm the only one dealing with this, or my son is the only one. But no, 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 no. no. So they've developed a whole system. Yeah, because this is a thing. And so you can jump in on that boot camp. It's live sessions, recorded sessions, and you can gain some tools for yourselves and maybe some reassurance that you're not you're not blowing it. So that is uh, Helen Melanie Young from Making Biblical Family Life Practical, the podcast. But RaisingRealMen.com is the website uh, for these um, boot camps and for these young men. They have a lot of great resources. They have written on this topic. All right, so let's take a break, and we'll come back, and we're going to talk about what happens and how mom's job needs to change, how her role needs to change when boys hit this stage. Hey, Hurlers, this is John Wilkerson, host of The Wired Homeschool, another podcast you can find at thewiredhomeschool.com. Since 2010, I've been providing tech, tools, and tips for homeschooling the internet generation. If you're looking for the right tablet for your tweens, an online resource for drilling math facts, or need to know if Yik Yak is safe for your teens, stop on by and have a listen. Each week, I cover STEM-related topics, discuss social media trends, or interview great guests that will equip your homeschool in the ever-changing digital landscape. Visit thewiredhomeschool.com and stick me in your ears. And together, we can get your homeschool wired. Welcome back. We are talking about moms and teen boys. And Fletch, this is the segment where I get to talk about my philosophy. Oh, wow. By all means, <laughs> philosopher Kendra, Woo. we are all gathered around underneath the mountain <laughs> oh, that you are no. upon. With the flowing robes. Oh no no please no, flowing no mountain robes. no mountain. Um, but here's what I've here's what I've come to believe and and there's probably some great author or speaker or somebody way more spiritual than I am that has has this written down and has it termed in some other way. But in my little world, <laughs> I like to say that moms of teen boys in these years that twelve ish you know junior high ish sort of years the role begins to shift and it shifts from mom parent authoritarian to mom cheerleader. Wow. Sister in Christ, best fan. Biggest fan. Biggest yeah. fan. Yeah. Um, and so this is what that practically looks like. Uh, well, can I interrupt just for a second? Yeah. Because the boys are going to do one of three things, right? They're going to mm-hmm. either flex their muscles Oh, toe-to-toe with mom. Uh, yeah, so eyeball-to-eyeball, nose-to-nose, or maybe nose-to-shoulders, because they're still growing, young men. Uh, yeah. So so they're going to flex and say, hey, here's who I am, mom. Yeah. Um, and they'll push back, or they'll push back, I guess is the second thing, is that they will actually push back and reject any kind of authority you're trying to Absolutely. give them. Yeah. Or they are going to go underground put their head into their shell, and they're just going to ignore you quietly. Yeah. Right? It's that passive-aggressive. Yeah. Um, and it depends on your son's personality. We've had both. We've had the, you know, the firstborn is extremely logical, and he's a firstborn male. And so it was toe-to-toe. And I remember saying to you, I, I'm done. I'm done arguing with him. That's what I meant by I'm done. I'm not like, I'm not like, oh, I'm done, momming, you know, but I'm done arguing with this kid because I can't win an argument. He was so logical <laughs> and such a good uh, rhetor. Is it, what is it? Is, read, somebody with rhetoric is a rhetorian? What do you call that? Um, rhetorician? Rhetor- I, don't, I don't know. We're making things up. He was logical, though, and I don't know so what you're saying logical. about yourself. 
I'm illogical. There you go. No. Um, but he he could spin things. He could find loopholes. He was he could just take me down in any discussion. Well, mom, you didn't actually say this. This is right. what you said, and I interpreted it this way. Exactly. And you already lost the battle. I've already lost the battle. Yeah. And so I remember saying to you, I'm not going to do that anymore. It's not good for our relationship. It's not good. Because you know what I would do in that argument? This is what I said. This is what I meant. And you should have known that's what I meant. Yeah. So you were wrong for not knowing what I meant. Just the exact same (laughs) logical argument the other way around. You know, I realize, but I'm also mom. What do we do with this role then? So you're going to become cheerleader. Yeah. What do so, you end up doing? Okay. Well, you and I have a marriage. You are a dad who's involved. And so for us, it was very, it was very logical for then, for me to then say, you know what, Hayden, go take it up with your dad. Okay. I'm not going to argue with you about that. Does that make me you the bad guy? You go talk to dad. I don't think it makes you the bad guy. I think what it does is it, it's a man to man thing then. And there's a, there's an established male respect thing that goes on there. That women just don't have or do. Women don't operate that way, but men sure do. Mm. Um, and so it just put you guys sort of on level ground in terms of your maleness, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. And so then you could say, uh, hey, dude, I understand why you think mom's being illogical, but the bottom line is this is what she's asked you to do. I need you to do that. Right. So that's how that plays out in a family where parents are playing on the same, same team. But that's because I'm here. Yeah. Now, we have plenty of dads who are in the military who are gone six, seven, eight months at a time. We have um, homeschooling families who don't have a dad, or we have homeschooling moms who are just doing this by themselves. Yeah. So then the answer to that, you ready? No, I'm kidding. That sounds like I have (laughs) one. Yes. Oh, trusted sage. (laughs) Yeah. Um, the, The answer to that is, is there a male in his life that he does respect? Now, do you remember on one of our sons had a college situation where he was trying to go to this college, the finances didn't work, and you didn't think you were the best man to lead him through that discussion. Yeah, even though and I'm you fully said, involved. Well, you said, is there somebody in your life, Nate, that you respect who can talk to you about this financial situation? And mm-hmm. he said, yeah, Gramps, who's yeah. my dad. And so my dad graciously drove an hour and a half up to our home and sat out on the back patio with him one night and laid it all out. And it was a fantastic discussion. By the end of it, boy, Gramps is the smartest man in the world. Always is. Right? And um, so there's an example of kind of how to go about that and say, you know, be humble enough as a parent, as a dad, as a mom, to realize that, you know what, your kid just might listen to somebody else's voice better. That person might be saying the exact same thing you are saying. You know, it's funny, Kendra, this is a, ma- a male thing. And I think we need to pause and just acknowledge that this happens. There's a lot of jokes about men not taking directions. Mm. There's a lot of things about, and I don't know what it is. And I, even I would say, oh, that's a bunch of baloney. But you've said to me, oh, if Byron says it, it's like <laughs> golden, you know. And Byron, right. yeah, he's he's a friend, and I do like what Byron says, right? Because so if I said something to you, you'd be like, mm, yeah, okay. But if Byron says that same thing to you, oh man, we then should do we, it. We should do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's not always the case. That's no. We we have a we much joke. healthier friendship relationship marriage than that. But it is true about men. I mean, I could have another another guy say that to me, but if he were to say it, 
he's the man that has earned my respect in a lot of ways. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So single mom or mom who feels like dad is not the best one for this situation. Do you have an uncle? Is there an uncle? Do uncle, you have a brother? brother a father? You know that that this young man in your life could list, would listen to an uncle, a youth pastor, uh, somebody at church, a friend's dad. You know, could you tap into that and say, "Hey, I'm having a real struggle with this kid in this area. Would you be willing to take him to lunch? You know, or to to spend some time with him and and let him know like what yeah. the best thing is in this situation. And so from that, I think mom can say. Now, I'm going to stop nitpicking this kid. That's the other thing, Fletch. We moms, especially homeschooling moms, we're so good at micromanaging. It's not like you suddenly become a a silent person in the room and you're only there rawing them on. You still want to get involved in their life and their character and their training and their teaching. You just know that on some of these, you need that loud voice as well. My dad's voice. Yes. Barking. But the other part about the micromanaging, hun, is that it isn't just that moms micromanage the big stuff. We micromanage everything, right? So your son comes out and he's wearing um, some sort of t-shirt you don't like because it's, you know, neon green or I don't like those tennis shoes, you know, whatever it is. And let it go, mom. You you know, figure out what is the, what is the stuff you need to say and what is the stuff you need to bite your tongue on? Because I'm going to tell you right now, you will lose that son. You will lose his ear if you are constantly micromanaging and nitpicking him. Learn to bite deep ridges on the sides of your tongue in the the non-essentials. Right. And you know, it's funny is that now that we've been through it and we, we made some errors and we made some mistakes, we can see it so clearly, huh? Yeah. You know, there just seems to be some young men where their parents are just nickel every and diming. Every little every argument. thing. Yeah. Every little thing is an argument. Every little thing is a big deal. These kids, they can't do anything right, yeah. or that's the feeling. And I remember our son saying that to us, to yeah. me. I remember him saying, I just feel like I can never do anything right. And I remember my response was like, my heart sank, and I thought, that's because you can't. You're right. You're totally right. I communicate constantly to you that what you wear isn't good, where you go isn't good, where your friends, you know, you that you're hanging out with aren't good, the things you choose to watch aren't good, what you're eating isn't good. Every little thing I was micromanaging and never giving that kid the benefit of the doubt. So let's see if we can wrap all this up into one or two simple little concepts here. So we have these boys kind of going into these junior high, middle school years. They're losing motivation. They're getting a little bit lazy, maybe. That's what it seems. And it's your natural tendency to want to start barking at them Mm -hmm. and to start picking on every little thing Mm -hmm. like we're just talking about. And yet, um, your answer has been, as a wise, sage philosopher, homeschool mom, (laughs) (laughs) is to say, Dad, I'm going to turn you over to your father. And dads, we need to step up. And I'm agreeing. Dads need to step up at this point. Um, but what does your role become? Because it's not just, I mean, you're not just walking away, right? What do oh, you become? Oh, no. I, this is where I have strong feelings. And my strong opinion is that mom's role begins to be cheerleader, sister in Christ, biggest fan. So that means that instead of constantly trying to correct, constantly nitpicking, constantly micromanaging, I'm looking for all the ways I can say, hey, that's awesome, good for you. You did a really great job there. Hey, you know what? You want to you think you're going to grow up and be, 
oh, live in a penthouse and be a, you know, own limousines and everything. That's an awesome idea. <laughs> Good for you. That's, that's great. Do that to the glory of God. <laughs> yeah. So that's funny you, you bring that one up because we had a kid that was going to live in a penthouse that's with limousines. Why I said it. Yeah. Because, you know, but I could have said that's the dumbest idea in the world. Yeah. What are you thinking? Like, do you know how much, how long yeah. it takes to get that Immediately job? Immediately be a dream killer. Don't do that. Just be the biggest cheerleader so that when he comes home from a soccer match and it was the worst soccer match of his life, you can say, instead of saying, well, you know what? I could have told you that. You didn't play hard. You were lazy this week. You didn't get enough sleep like we told you to. You know why your grades weren't good on the SAT? Right. You didn't study for the SAT. Right. Pick, 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 pick. Instead, it's, you know what, bud? You got out there and you worked hard. And did you learn some things from that? Yeah. You know what? I'm still learning stuff in my life, too. That's good. Those are good, good, good pieces of advice. So, Kendra, great discussion. But we might have some listeners that want to give us some feedback. So... How can they reach us? They can email us at info at homeschoolingirl.com. They can tweet to us at homeschoolirl, or they could send us a message on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash homeschoolingirl. Uh, We'd love to hear what you have to say about teen boys and moms. I'd like to hear from both moms and dads on this one. If you think we're totally off or if you're like right there with us going, yes, (laughs) this is us, (laughs) we'd love to hear from you. But we've heard from a lot of our listeners lately the spiritual abuse episode was huge. It one, part really, one two. yeah, really struck a nerve, and a lot of people coming out of the woodwork to say, "I'm broken, I'm hurt, and I can't believe how long it's taking me to heal." So, thank you for acknowledging that this takes time. Um, but on a different note, we did get an email from iTunes, and this came from Likes to Read 2016. Brand new review, five stars says, "Homeschooling in real life." thought-provoking every single episode and great producers of catchphrases like ready for it hope Hope shifting shifting. (laughs) (laughs) love it hey um likes to read 2016 thanks for the nice review we appreciate that and uh, we were not the inventors of hope shifting that was pastor jim applegate our pastor at church but uh, we use it every episode so thanks for putting it on there for us to use (laughs) and we have quite a few uh, other people who've reviewed so we would like you to go over to itunes if you haven't done this, come on, people. It's not that tough. Head over to iTunes, leave a review, subscribe to the show. We will magically appear on your podcatcher. And uh, we would love to just be there weekly, waiting for you on Monday mornings uh, to speak into your ears. So if you want it to happen automatically, head on over there. What else could they be doing for us, Kench? You can head over to patreon.com slash homeschooling IRL if you would like to become a supporter of our podcast. You know, it seems like it's free. But it's not free to us. We spend time and money producing great content, we hope, for you. And if you would like to support that work and continue to allow us to be in people's ears and homes and talking about Jesus and pointing people to Jesus, then, hey, partner with us over at Patreon. Yeah, we have a couple goals there. If we reach those goals, we can hire babysitters so we can actually produce and record this without having to sneak it in between naps and bedtimes. It would be awesome. (laughs) Also, if you want to subscribe just to our community and learn how to live fearlessly, recklessly, and free for Jesus as a homeschooler, head on over to homeschoolingirl.com slash subscribe, and you can become a member of our community over there. Next week, we are answering a listener's question who says, what about homeschooling in the short term? And by that, she means... We're only doing this for a season because we're missionaries or we're only doing this for a short time 
because the public school system isn't working, or we're only doing this for a short time because we're going to put our kids in public high school, whatever it is. What does it mean to homeschool in the short season? Is that something we should do? Can we do it? Uh, So we're answering a question from a listener. Until then, we hope your hope is squarely in Jesus, and we will see you next week. You've been listening to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. Everything on this podcast was written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. For more information, or if you'd like to contact your hosts, please visit them on homeschoolingirl.com.